yeah. I love my HBCU. And Bond? I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. 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 I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Talkin they compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, and pay attention, boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Cavill inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is out on assignment. At least he's he's playing those games again. We'll check on him. We'll, we'll keep him in mind. He said he's good. We got, Welcome to episode We got his replacement right there with BJ. Exactly. <laughs> so we got our whole team together, plus one, because we love the kids. Welcome to episode 445 of Inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU Dash for all things HBCU sports, for institutions large and small, from the NAIA to the NCA. We share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Kaboya, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, as we said, Mike Washington out on Sunday. I mean, out on assignment. It is Sunday. But we have none other than the entire crew, which is A.D. Drew, Joshua Sims Sr., B.J. Jones, and his sidekick, as we like to call it. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live case to these 1230 studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. As you see, we have Dad Duty. Uh, with that being said, with B.J. Jones, let me go straight to you. Uh, we love it when... Uh, when our black men take care of our families, and we're going to show you what that means. With that being said, B.J. Jones, how you doing this morning? Man, I'm doing good, man. On dad, duty doc, man. Uh, my wife, man, had to run out of town, and so, you know, holding down the sport over here, me and the little one, we watched a lot of football yesterday. <laughs> watched a lot of football yesterday. And this is the killer part, doc. So now I'm, I'm discovering my, my daughter will watch football or baseball on her own, nice. which is like crazy. So, so she'll just sit there and just watch it. I don't know if it's the colors, the uniforms or what, but she likes it. No, she picks up on dad. She see dad likes, she likes it. It's part of the duties. I love it. That's how it goes. <laughs> uh, Josh, well, you've seen uh, those duties. I know you get into it as well. How you doing this morning? Man, I'm blessed and highly favored. You are absolutely right. I've seen them do this. We have three sticks and under here at the Sims house this morning, so I'm just glad to be able to get a little peace and quiet this early Sunday morning. <laughs> I bet you are. I bet you are. Charles, see, Charles is on that other level along with A.D. Drew, you know. They they, they, they uh, filing their taxes a little different these days because uh, <laughs> as they put it on, but as a young dad, older dad, same difference, you're still a dad. With that being said, Charles, you watch me as I put uh, 
Dukes, as we call them through the ringers, and I appreciate you as all of y'all treated my family and my son as uncles. So I appreciate that business. How you doing this morning, Charles? Do, doing well. Yeah. And it, it, it happens quickly. You, you, they're in your lap one day, and then you wave them bye-bye to them in college on the next. So it, it happens very quickly, guys. <laughs> there it is. And I see you got your uh, Sunday best on. Uh, homecoming <laughs> attire. Homecoming attire. There's something about it. You know, I had to throw mine on. It got just a little nippy, as they say, you know, and so I had to officially throw. I've been trying to get one of these for a while. I finally got one at the convention. And so, you know me, I've been waiting to throw it on. So as soon as it gets just like a fresh, cool, just a little bit, just enough, I flip it on. Yeah, it's just, it's, fi it's finally got a little cool enough where I can put the jacket on. But shout out to my to my line brothers, my Sands, the 13, uh, uh, undeniable souls of black and old gold. Uh, homecoming this past weekend for Jack State and, uh, in true homecoming fashion. A lot of us were on the phone last night till about four, four thirty this morning. So my eyes started leaking a little bit. That's why I'm just I'm still sleeping. <laughs> We've been sitting up giggling and laughing about for about five six hours. <laughs> it is truly all good. It is truly all good as we speak about homecoming. Uh, Drew, what was the number six of the 17, you said 16? Six, six out of 14 lost on yesterday, coming into yesterday. Mm. Uh, there were 14 homecoming games scheduled. We know we didn't play one so because of Morgan State. So of the 13 coming into yesterday, six had lost. And we tied that all on one day. And, wow. Uh, Before you get going and, and yeah. talk about that breakdown, it's almost 50%. That's why we had three in the SWAT. I was at one of them. Uh, charter flight, so I can feel you, Charles, for a different reason. We got in at 1 o'clock. Man, love those charter flights, man. You get in, get out, came in, flew into Orlando, got in the hotel. I really enjoyed traveling with the teams because you get a chance. B.J. Jones, Joshua, A.D. Drew, you experienced this from the coaching side of really organizing that, understanding the detail level of what goes in traveling. And oftentimes we don't really get a chance to expose our fans to that. So that's important. Charles does it on the side the last couple of years, including this year for PD, last couple of years for Jackson State, doing it in terms of the production, radio, streaming platforms. So you've seen uh, how well and how tight and how well it must be tight in terms of putting the coaches, particularly the players, in the best position to be successful in terms of how do you travel effectively. So it was significant about seeing that. But I was addressing that because I was at the homecoming uh, at Bethune-Cookman. Great event. Shout out to all the fans as we got a chance. Uh, me and my colleague, Dr. Holmes, who supports the show, uh, we were serving essentially as second-degree faculty athletic representative, better known as the fall. Dr. Howard was getting awarded in Austin from the NAACP in terms of that region. So we got a chance to get out there. And so I walked them around and a lot of folks celebrated and said they watched the show. Be looking forward this morning. So shout out to all those Bethune, Bethune Cookman Wildcats out there. Fish fries were going representing. Gave me some fish. Man, that was good fish. Good fish. The folks know how to tailgate fish out there. I'll tell them that for sure. Then we got to go by and see the brothers with their tents. The Megas were doing their thing. Saw the Sigmas out there. Uh, AKAs were out there. The Deltas were out there. Kappas on the backside out there doing their thing. 
Um, and so it was big time. Much love for the tailgate scene was very good, but uh, Texas Southern had to come and do what they needed to do in terms of the homecoming. So that was one of them. Another one is Grambling. Didn't go as expected. Jackson State didn't go as expected. Then we flip over to the SIEC, Tuskegee. Uh, yeah, I understand, Drew. Uh, no cigar today. No cigar. Charles, no cigar. BJ Jones, you do get a cigar. You took care of your homecoming. We're glad for that. Uh, and then we go to SIEC, understand Tuskegee. Uh, also, Albany didn't do it. And then we found a way to get into the CIAA with Livingston. So we kind of spread the love. Uh, Joshua, while it was not homecoming tidy, it was a lot of matchups that didn't quite go that way, so you can't get out of this either. The big thing with you is the Eagles didn't play, so it wasn't y'all fault. <laughs> and that we, said 80, Drew. Go ahead. We, <laughs> exactly. We, hey, Drew, how are you doing this point? That's the feeling, man. Can't lose uh, me yet. Oh, well, Josh, I, I would rather have been at the crib because I had to go to uh, urgent care last night after the sickening loss uh, that I had suffered <laughs> yesterday. And uh, the doctor told me I may have to change my diet a little bit because I may be eating crow for the next couple of days. <laughs> well, I think there were some Prairie fans that decided to go to CVS a little earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and they might not have been going to the ER, but they so were going into CVS to get the Pepto-Bismol because they had upset something. Uh, it was not good. So while I celebrate on one side with Texas Southern with the stock, uh, I got to put it down on the other side with Prairie View. So <laughs> it, 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 it was a different thing. Individual yeah. wine that they sell at CVS, they <laughs> Out yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and that was thanks to Mike. Mike, that was thanks to Mike. <laughs> they emptied out the CBS counter. Well, it just goes to show you how how, how live your homecoming must be. In what six out of thirteen lost on homecoming? Six out of fifteen. Six out of fifteen. Oh, it was it was tough. It was tough. Six <clears throat> out of thirteen. Uh, the Benedict Tigers remain number one in this week poll, but let me give you an update of what took place. Uh, we'll start with number seven. Miles Golden Bears defeated uh, Morehouse Maroon Tigers in terms of these matchups, four and two on the season, three and one. They just keep rolling. Uh, Virginia Union Panthers defeated Bowie State. Man, did they make a statement? 52 to three. What happened? What has happened to our Bulldogs? Virginia Union, though, they improved to five and one, three and one. Uh, Number five, surprising. Allen Yellow Jackets had a chance to make a statement and say that we for real. A lot of people were questioning. Uh, they went down, as we said, homecoming, all mini state golden rounds, 39 to 27. They proved to five and one, three and one. And those golden rounds were some of those fans that were not so happy in terms of homecoming. They're already asking questions. Mm -mm. Number four, Fort Valley State Wildcats. They lost to number one, Benedict, 48 to six. And I'm not sure if it was that close. So Fort Valley <laughs> falls to five and one uh, as they uh, keep going and also lose the conference game in that matchup. Tuskegee Golden Tigers, heartbreaking. Hail Mary, full of grace, was in favor for Edward Water Tigers. They won wow. 31 to 38. The new kids on the block. A couple of good videos out there. I saw you sent me one, Charles, and then we had one in there where you even <laughs> had Jay. Skywalker out there acting up and so surprised. Man, you thought he threw it the way he was <laughs> excited about the play. Credit to him. 
for uh, showing his HBCU spirit. Tuskegee Falls uh, this past weekend, as we say. So, number two, Virginia State Trojans, they do what they do. Maybe a little closer than some people thought. The Big Blue, they won, though, 39-23. That's saying something when you beat somebody by double digits and you're still talking about it may have been closer than you think. They improved the 6-0, and following Benedict Tigers, as we said earlier, they made the, the statement, is this going to be a clash that we may look forward to seeing in the playoffs, in the quarterfinals? I think that's the question of the day uh, between these two uh, teams. I would imagine they're going to keep going. Now, Virginia Union says not so fast. They had a playoff uh, game last year, and so they think that they have a chance, and that is at the end of the year to culminate the season. So it looks like that in-state rival between Virginia State and Virginia Union could be something to keep your eyes on as we kind of matriculate, as they like to say, down the field throughout the season. That's an intriguing one. Let me park it right there before we get into the major division. We'll just go around and see what people think. Uh, Charles, Bishop, what stood out to you in terms of the top seven wins or losses in your mind? Uh, the, the, the gulf between Benedict and everybody else, uh, just that that stands out tremendously. Uh, uh, shout out to, to Josh Jackson uh, yesterday on that call for Ever Waters, the voice of Ever Waters on that Hail Mary. Uh, uh, definitely uh, it, it, he captured the moment perfectly. So definitely want to give a shout out to him. But I mean, you you kind of take a look at that top seven, Doc, and you know, and it's like Benedict is here and everybody is slotted in there somewhere. They just are a dominant football team and they really looked apart uh offensively, defensively, even when you even when you punch them in the mouth, you know, their their punch is that much harder when they come back. So I think that's the thing that really just jumps out at me with Benedict. Tennis Barrett just has a monster down there. Good point. I'm going to go to you, Joshua Sims, uh, since you see, obviously, what goes on in all these, but you could see IAA. With that being said, we kind of talked about Virginia State, Virginia Union. Do you think it's that much of a gap between Virginia State and or Virginia Union and Benedict? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and to Chuck's point, man, I mean, it's Benedict happens to be one of them teams that even when you do punch them in the mouth, you kind of waiting for them to swing back and shoot. Like, <laughs> I don't know how hard the punch is going to be. And the same thing for Virginia State. Virginia State, clearly, and, and this is a, is a hats off to Coach Coachman yesterday and that Bluefield State uh, defense yesterday came out swinging. I mean, they really did. They came out swinging. That offense was clicking. They played really, really well. But you didn't look at Virginia State and that team in particular, another one of those teams just like Benedict where you might get all your punches in, but you just waiting for them to punch you back. And when they do punch you back, you most likely going to fold. So I, I, I think to your point, Dr. Cavill, Virginia State, Virginia Union right there. And I think that there's even a gap between V State and V Union. But we're going to find out exactly what that's going to look like in a few weeks. I will be at that game. That is going to be a big thing. I'm going to that one. I already told Coach Frazier I'm going to be there. Told my told my old wide receiver coach, Coach Manigo, who don't see there. I'm coming to that game. I can't wait to get up to Virginia to see that game, man. That's going to be major. Good stuff. I'm going to go to you, Drew. S-I-C. Uh, you're obviously our guru particularly and covering the SIC. Do you agree with these two gentlemen in terms of the gap, uh, Benedict and the rest of the SIC? I am going to agree with them and raise it even to another level. <laughs> A, shout out to the SIAC for changing their playoff format because the race is clearly for number two. 
Mm. What do I mean by that? There are five teams in the SIAC with one conference loss and another team with two conference losses. Nobody, Everybody else, one win or no wins. So mm. you've got six teams essentially vying out for the number two slot. And here's the fun part Ooh, about hey. that. Here's the real fun part. All six of them control their own destiny because there are multiple head-to-head matchups amongst the, amongst that group or that group has already played each other and put that only L on them. So it's going to be real fun because everybody's playing for the number two slot to see who's going to be there to crown Benedict as the SIAC champion once again uh, this year. Because unless injury or some other type of harm comes to that Benedict program, there is nobody right now who has shown me the mantra to be able to beat Benedict. But here's the here's the last thing. Allen Benedict played week 10. We were joking when we said this at the beginning of the season. Sure was. That could be a rematch in the SIAC championship game if Allen were to some way upset Benedict or because I don't think uh, if Benedict beats them, I don't think they get in because, like I say, it's too many other teams with one loss. But if they were some way able to pull out that upset on that last game, and remain get one loss for for the for the season. We could see a rebatch at week eleven. Mm, good stuff. Good stuff. BJ Jones, go to you in terms of Benedict, and more importantly, I know you were in the house for that hell Mary with Tuskegee Golden Tigers. Talk a little bit about either, uh, most importantly, that Golden Tigers and Everwater Tigers matchup. Oh man, um, Benedict looks like a team on a mission. Um, watch them Thursday night completely take Fort Valley State apart. Um, Miles is giving them the best shot so far. Um, I told you guys last week I will pay good money to watch that rematch. Right. You tell me when that one's going down, I'm, I'm there. Plane ticket, train ticket, car rental, whatever needs for me to be there, I will. Be, I want to be in that one. But the thing about the SIAC. <clears throat> It's coming down. It's going to come down to the stretch. Next week, Allen has a big one. They got to spoil another homecoming. I go through Miles College. That's going to fade a lot right there. So mm. I, I felt yesterday that Tuskegee had pulled another Tuskegee moment. You know, they came mm. back and, and took the lead, and you thought, okay, this is Tuskegee being Tuskegee. And then it will, it will water pulls the rug from underneath them. That, that one – was a big ball game from a conference play standpoint. It's going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out the next couple of weeks. It's like A.D. Drew said, th- these teams all play one another, uh, even on the CIAA side. You got Virginia State, Virginia Union that last weekend of the regular season. Doc, it's going to get down. It's going to be downright exciting in the SIAC these next couple of weeks. And then for the, the CIAA, that Virginia State, Virginia Union ball game, I believe, that's going to determine who is going uh, to represent um, the CIA in the championship game. Well, CIA North in the championship game. No doubt. Good points. And then you still got the Fort Valley State and Albany game, which is going to be in the mix. So you got some of these rivalry games that are going to be really important, which is a good thing. 
Well, Tuskegee Miles still has to play. Exactly. Yeah, Tuskegee Miles got about mm-hmm. that one. That's, That's why I say everybody controls their own destiny. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. And that, to your point, we all control it and we all get to watch. And we certainly will be here to discuss and talk about it. Let's take our first break. We'll come back on the other side and we'll talk about the major division uh, where it is getting interesting in some circles. But it looks like the big two, uh, much like we have in the mid-major, they kind of separated themselves. And they didn't even play this weekend. Stick with us. We'll be right back after the break. This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here are the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Round Table, The Pregame Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way. You consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentJAX. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden and Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden and Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot left. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab. Let's get into the major division. We're gonna run real fast past number seven. Premier and them Panthers lost to. Houston Christian University, after the CVS incident, we're moving past this. Is, you know, no lottering around here. In all seriousness, that was embarrassment. You know, this is a program that hasn't lost at home or won at home since 2019. Uh, Prairie View is supposed to be one of those institutions that is pushing forward and looking at uh, running the Western Division. You're not supposed to lose to Houston Christian, formerly Houston Baptist. Um, and sometimes they're playing at home. Let's play, they play wood. You can't lose to them. I won't say it like that, but you're certainly not supposed to get shut out third zero in the way the game played. It just was not good. Charles, I know you got a chance to call it without bringing you in the mix. Anything that you've seen in that game that concern you or that you say, hey, they still got this going for yeah, I, I think the thing that jumps out for me, uh, Purview, I absolutely couldn't run the ball last night. 
Uh, and they found themselves quite often in a lot of uh, third and long situations. And uh, it was th there was no go. I think at one point uh, they were maybe one of nine or one of ten on third downs. But uh, they just found themselves in too many third and long situations. And uh, we've talked about this phenomenon that you see in college football of, uh, of dropping eight. And uh, that was simply, you know, Houston Christian wasn't doing anything, you know, to really – knock your socks off with regards to that. But I mean, it was, they were uh, just couldn't get first downs. They were taking an underneath man all night. And we really wasn't pushing the ball downfield. Just a bad night, bad night offensively. Really couldn't get nothing going. And, and then you had the, the added element of, of the fish aiding last night. It seemed as though they just weren't getting any calls. I think 10 penalties for a hundred yards. Uh, you had a numerous post uh, post play penalties, things of that nature. So it was just, a really rough night all all around. Yeah, Stop open mic and referee said, uh, you need to coach your team, coach. That wasn't good. Yeah, well, said, yeah. That, that came Stop across playing. on the PA yeah, stop playing Christian schools. It seems like when the Texas schools play Christian schools, it doesn't go good for the Texas schools. That's true. Evelyn Christian, Houston Christian. Yeah, we might need to leave that alone. With that being said, Mike, shout out to Mike. My understanding that, you know, he likes to give a hard time to Howard, particularly for their homecoming, but it seems like he joined the crew in terms of the wine and cheese because uh, they said CBS was empty uh, by the time he looked out of there. He turned a little bottle. He said he had to travel. He said he was traveling this week. You won't be on the show with just to get it. He said he was traveling. He's prepping. Whatever, Mike. Uh, wine and cheese. Wine and cheese. We're going to leave that alone. And number six, Grabbing State Tigers. They lost to Alabama A&M Bulldogs. You know, we Ooh. talked about the Bulldogs a little bit on Wednesday. Sound like y'all done pissed them off with all the dog barking. And the Tigers are mad because it was their homecoming, and they took it out on them. 45 to 24, and they pulled away late. It was kind of going back and forth. But uh, I have um, another colleague, my mentor of uh, mine, really, in terms of the academic side, uh, Dr. Owens. He tailgates, takes his – RV around to different homecomings. He was in Alabama a couple of weeks ago, Jackson. Uh, he went down to all in terms of Alcorn, and he called us. He said Alabama A&M. He said uh, Grambling's in trouble. He talked mm. about the offensive line and how they were going to run the ball on him because he saw it very early in his first quarter, and it certainly played out that way because they ran all over Grambling. We talked about Grambling a little bit suspect on defense. Well, it showed back up after they played a couple of good games. So they fall to three and three, two and one. At number five, Hampton Pirates. Everybody wanted to crown the Pirates. Well, they let you down. Yep. Everybody was talking about the Pirates, this and that. They played Mammoth, and Mammoth got mad. 61 to 10, non conference game, not good at all. Three and two. Uh, Hampton falls uh, to one and one in terms of the conference rates in this colonial, formerly, uh, currently called the Coastal, formerly known as the Colonial, I should say. Tennessee State, Tigers get it done. Uh, Norfolk State pushed forward, tied it up late, and then a big play by Tennessee State Tigers. They win their homecoming 24 to 7. Eddie George asked them, do they love football? He wants to see more. He said, hey, y'all don't have to leave after halftime. We're playing pretty good. Y'all said y'all want to win them. We finally win it. And I was like, okay, Eddie, y'all coach George. I see you. Talk that talk. Number three, Jackson State Tigers, they lose at homecoming. Alabama State on it. <laughs> Man, he comes in there, coach, 
says not so fast for the Hornets. He talking about I want y'all to put me on the schedule for homecoming. They did it last year. He talked big. Backed it up. He backed it up. Scoreboard don't lie. The players did. They went twenty four to nineteen. Now it was close. It went down. Yeah, <laughs> I was kind of intrigued about that last call though. Yeah. I guess the fumbles. I think they got it right, but at first you were kind of like, oh man, if, if Tigers pull this out, it's gonna be some folks it's gonna be talking upset about that call. Hornets made it non-controversy, so they made the stop, got it done. Uh, Tigers fall to four and two, two and one. Uh, boy, I tell you, it was interesting in that matchup. At number two, and that was Eddie Robinson. I should say, in terms of Alabama State Hornets, I want to make sure I give him a shout out. We get to two North Carolina Central Eagles. They were open, no problem. <laughs> they keep it rolling. And number one, Florida ain't in <laughs> They were open. No problem. They keep it moving. So I know Joshua was doing his lottery in terms of politicking. Yeah, I'd Both of them are tied with six first place votes. So we'll see. Play it out. I just need a moment to do a little bit. Uh, what I will do, and I can promise Dr. Cavill and Chuck and Drew and BJ, that I will do this every Sunday until we get this. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> The panel, all right. I mean, even in our bye week, we were more impressed. All right, <laughs> go look and see. You know, Coach Oliver's out there. He's meeting with the people. He's at the Shaw and Winston State game, supporting fellow Eagles. Shout out to Coach Adrian Jones, the head coach of Shaw. Shout out to Coach, uh, Coach, uh, Coach. Oh, dog, man, Coach Massey, who's Winston State head ball coach. Uh, man, he's at the game politicking. Look, even in our bye week. We look better. And I just want to put this out here for all of the voters on there, because I know there's a couple swing voters in there. 66 is pretty good. I, I get it. But listen, we have a mutual head-to-head -head opponent. And if you just get a moment this morning when you got five minutes of your time, just sit down, get you a cup of coffee, and just go and look and see what happened when we played that mutual opponent and when they played that mutual opponent. I'll be looking forward to your votes. Uh, all donations going to the North Carolina Central is number one fund are due by tomorrow evening by 11 o'clock. And uh, I see you guys on the side of it. Thank you guys. Thank y'all. Eagle Pride. Well, well done. done. Well done. Well done. Uh, Drew, I know it was you, Drew. I know it was you. <laughs> Drew, our resident rattler on the show, did you want to have any words for your rattlers? My fellow constituents. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about the orange and the green. Unlike my opponent over there, we have played a conference game. We have gone undefeated in our conference games. All that fluff that they are doing over there doesn't mean anything if they can't get the ring. They have to go the next five weeks and do what we have done in the previous four weeks. So if you want to go by our recent performance within our conference, there's nothing better for you to do than to cast your first place vote <laughs> of the team on the highest of seven 
heels. Come on, Joe I yield Bush. the floor back. I yield the floor back to the panel. We gonna go to our second break and come back on another time and talk about some of these games. You can only get that here on Inside HBC Sports Lab on Sunday morning as we break down what took place the past week with our Thursday and Saturday games. Stick with me right back after this break to get more into some of these matchups. Oh, that was good. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. The analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love that. And who the ball? ball. So listen to Professor Yesa and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab for the remainder of the debate. We'll go around and talk about some of the games. We appreciate you tuning in for this great debate. Is it FAMU? Is it North Carolina Central? Well, we'll keep going week to week, and we'll keep you updates in terms of what these two gentlemen think about the race. With that being said, let's get into some of these other games. We were up in Richmond, Virginia, and Richmond, Virginia said at number six, they improved to six and one, four and one defeated uh, Bowie State Bulldogs that fall to three and four, two and three, and did not not just win the game; they dominated, winning fifty-two to three. Let me go to Joshua Sims Senior and his thoughts in terms of this matchup. Man, you know <clears throat> Union is um is back, man. Uh, Jada Byers back, rocking and rolling. He's healthy, uh, and and I expected we expected to see them start to hit their stride. As the season went along, uh, you know, took an early loss that was a little bit kind of deflating for them. But as the season has gone along, you cannot despise the fact that that offensive line at Union is playing really, really well, man. I'm looking at a fluent group that understands how to be able to get to the next, get to the next level to open up the gaps in the whole sport uh, for Jada Byers. Not so impressed with the passing game at Union, but I, I assume that when you got a guy, when you got an all-world back like a Jada Byers, you don't have to do those things. Um, you don't have to take those those risks. But then on top of that, that defense played lights out yesterday against Bowie State. And, and I am now having to ask the question that we asked at the beginning when everybody wasn't listening to the show. We, you know, we have really great conversations, as Dr. Kavir was talking about, you know, behind the scenes. 
what what is going on in Bowie in Bowie, Maryland right now? Mentality mm. inside of Bowie, Maryland, right now, man. And I Great am question. out of people who do not understand. And I'm gonna say this again this week that I said last week. For those of you guys who haven't been paying attention, for the better part of the 2010s, Bowie State was that dog. Yeah, they were that dog, and it seems like. Whether or not this needs to be a revamp or rehash or rebuild that needs to happen up in Bowie, but this is not the Bowie State of five, six, seven, eight years ago. This is not the Bowie State that ran. This is not Damon Wilson's Bowie State. And they may have to reestablish their identity. 52 to 3 versus Virginia Union. Last week for homecoming. A 40 plus spot put on you at homecoming. I mean, this is not looking very resident of the Bowie State that we're used to. So, I, I, I give kudos to Virginia Union. That offensive line is playing magnificent. Obviously, Jada Bias is all world. <clears throat> defense showed up yesterday, played a really good game. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with that defense when they got to go play against a very balanced offense of, in Virginia State in a few weeks. Virginia State is a very balanced offense. They can run the ball. They can pass the ball. They take advantage of opportunities. The mistake that they made earlier in the season, they've seemingly done away with them. I'm going to be interested in that matchup, Doc. But this Virginia Union team is very, very strong and very solid and pushing for possibly a second CIAA team to be able to make it into the uh, to the Division II playoffs. I'm interested in this. Good point. Good point. We should continue to watch uh, for the potential seedings in the Division II playoffs in terms of who's going to be the representative out of the SIAC and CIAA. And if either the conference or which of the conferences among those two can get a second representative into the playoffs. So it's interesting when you focus on that. As you said, Byers led Virginia Union to a record-setting win over Bowie State. And great question that needs to be answered about Bowie State in terms of how it has fallen. With that, let me go to you, A.D. Drew, in terms of the Florida Memorial matchup. Um, we were looking at this uh, this past weekend, and we thought Florida Memorial had a chance in terms of what they did on offense to really get in this game. But they – uh, could not get it done and really could not get the offense going as they lose to a top-ranked uh, St. Thomas of Florida in terms of the matchup here. So the Lions go down to the Bobcats as St. Thomas is ranked number 16, or at least they were coming into this matchup at the NIA level. Drew, what were your thoughts in terms of this matchup? They fall 31-17 in the Battle of the Miami Gardens, as they like to call it. Yeah, these two institutions are only a couple of miles from each other. So if you want to talk about an HBCU who has a non-HBCU as their rival, this is one of those one of those situations. They recruit the same uh players, they recruit in the same area, and they are they are in the same city. So it, it doesn't get to be uh a bigger rival than this. Florida Memorial, let's be real. They are a year ahead of schedule from most people's uh most people's perspective. In this particular game, they still racked up the yards like they had uh totally 452 on the day, but though it were 20 to 20 yards, they were not able to punch it in when the opportunities uh presented themselves. And what what do I mean by that? They only two for only two for four inside the red zone. 
only two for four in the red zone. And I believe uh, one of those was a field goal. So you got to be able to punch it in when you get the ball in the red zone, especially against good teams. The one fumbled that they uh, lost led to a field goal by St. Thomas. They did have an INT, but that was at the end of the game uh, on a Hailberry type situation. Huh. How how that work? Hail Marys, you're supposed to not get Hail Marys when you throw them against an opponent. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna go back to you. Uh, well, just 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 one last thing. Sure. We talked about that playoff uh, on the D2 level. After next week's game, I believe the first rankings mm. come out and they list. The first time they just list the top 10, they're in alphabetical order. Then the second time they actually seed them one through 10 with the top seven, as you know, getting into the D2 playoffs. So we've got one more week to really see if, if what Josh is saying is true, if there is a chance for a second CIAA team to get in, uh, especially when you consider how Virginia Union lost in that monsoon that they had to play in after one of them doggone hurricanes. Went up there. If that game was probably played on a dry day, you're probably talking about both Virginia teams being undefeated at this point in time. Ooh, great point. Great point on all those factors. And we certainly will keep our, our eyes open on that. And we'll go to both of you all to kind of get your thoughts as we continue the rest of the season. In two weeks, we'll get our first glimpse. As you said, it'll just be alphabetical order. In three weeks, it really gets interesting when we see that actual rankings. With that being said, I am going to go back to you, Josh, in terms of the Spayville State game. Uh, before I go to Charles and BJ uh, to, and AD Drew to give us a little thoughts, quick thoughts in terms of the Benedict matchup, as I'm not sure as much you can say about it as if they just pounded them. With that being said, Josh, what were your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Fayetteville is just outside of the top seven. We have them ranked at number nine this past week. Fayetteville State Broncos improved to five and two, quietly five and zero. Oh. As they are in the Southern Division of the CIAA. Uh, they defeat Livingston. That was Blue Bears. They were playing a little better football and actually kept this game relatively close. Um, Blue Bears do fall to two and five, two and three, 19 to 14 in terms of this matchup. What do you say, Josh? You're on mute. My apologies. Um, <clears throat> this is a back and forth battle, man. Livingston, obviously, it was, it was homecoming for them. And, uh, you know, you kind of figured that they would be able to fight. Uh, they would fight in this game. And for the large part of this game, man, they led. I mean, going into the fourth quarter, they were still up. Um, they, they find themselves in a position where they, they're up 7-2. to two. They give up a safety in the first quarter. And then after that, they continue to keep going, let it be a back-and-forth battle. But then Fayetteville State, ladies and gentlemen, in the fourth quarter, finds a way to hunker down and win this game and they win it in dramatic fashion. A last a possession touchdown with about four minutes left on the clock. They score to take the lead and ultimately win the game. They go 10 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to win this game. This is another testament to how Fayetteville State, as a program, as a football program in particular, is just finding ways to win games. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it looks like for them when they got to get ready to match up in these next few weeks because they got a very tough and. And it could slip aside in these next few weeks. You got to pay attention to what Fable State's got to get ready to go through in these next couple weeks 
It is nothing to joke about. Next week they all, then the week after that, they I mean next week they got Shaw in the Bull City. They'll be in Durham next week. Then the week after that, uh Fayetteville State's got to take on Winston conference rival Winston Salem State at home. Mm. That's a slip-up game. You look at those next those next two games, and if Fayetteville State is not careful, could mess around and find themselves in a situation where they end up outside of the Durham room because they slip up. I don't expect that to happen. I'm interested to see what's gonna happen in the game, but Fable State again yesterday narrowly gets past Livingstone, who was who was definitely trending in the right direction. Livingstone is playing some better football. Definitely happy about seeing them playing some better football. I know they wish they could have come out on the other side of that game yesterday, but Fable State, these next couple weeks are gonna tell us: can you find your way? You ain't in the control seat of getting your way back to the CIAA championship game. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Fable State these next couple weeks. Charles, I'm gonna go to you. I know we. Broke down this a little bit, but just any final thoughts uh, officially in terms of number one Benedict Tigers improved to seven oh five. I know that was a Thursday night game, so we all got to see it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was close, maybe for a first couple of plays, and then Tigers <laughs> seemed to do what they do as they take on. At the time, it was number four Fort Valley State Wildcats. It's amazing when you get in these top matchups. Uh, obviously, Miles fared much better at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but they got it done against them. And then Fort Valley State, they just took them apart, 5-2, to 5-1. to one. They defeat the final score was 48-6. Uh, what were your thoughts in terms of that game as you watched it uh, as we were leaving out of the studio completing our, our show last Thursday? Uh, defensively, they have a, a ridiculous amount of speed. That's that's the thing that jumped out uh, for mm-hmm. me when I first – you know, really get an opportunity to lay my eyes on Benedict's team uh, for a national TV audience, but they just fly around all over the place and they get after the quarterback. So uh, that was, you know, just the eyeball test sort of thing. You take a look at them it's like, wow, you know, this this team looks, you know, like you can easily set them down on the FCS level and, you know, they'll still perform uh, just as well. So that, that's, I mean, that like I said, there there's to me a gulf between Benedict and those trying to get to where they are. Good stuff, good stuff. BJ Jones, did you want any put any final point on that matchup? Man, as you can see, my sidekick trying to out talk me. Um <laughs> she's like, I can bet. <laughs> hey, Benedict is getting it done in every facet of the of the game, offensively, defensively, and even special teams. Um uh, they like I said, outside of that Miles game, they've just been a, a bull soft. Uh this is gonna be interesting, interesting to see what that looks like moving forward. Because when people crown you and you know how good you are, it's easy to have those slip-ups. And we already talked about the Allen game at the end of the year. Allen didn't play a bad for half a year ago. Um, So that's going to be very interesting. So if Benedict can keep playing to the best of their abilities for the the rest of the the regular season, of course, you know, uh, know, they're going to be in the SIAC championship game. I always say when championship games happen, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, I like – I'll go back to it. I like the Miles Benedict matchup better than I like any of the rest of them right now. Yeah, yeah. You set me up really well there, BJ. Uh, Got to make sure I continue to throw the fastballs to you because you set me up with this one as Roy, our uh, resident uh, producer, oftentimes and obviously the president and lead of Black College Sports Network, Reminding me that the Allen University Yellow Jackets versus Miles College Bears, which you spoke about both teams, will be on the Black College Sports Network. 
Uh, that matchup, as well as the Albany State versus Edward Waters game, will also be on the Black College Sports Network. So key matchups going down the stretch. Game. Elimination game. So make sure you tune it in to the Black College Sports Network. We'll have it right here with our team bringing you great uh, games, particularly in this case at the mid-major level. With that being said, we'll take our last break. We'll come back and talk about some of these major division games. We had some upsets, some big wins. We'll talk about it. We'll go around the horn and let these folks tell us what their thoughts on these major division games as we set you up for your Sunday afternoon and morning before you get into the church house and come back and see A.D., Drew, and Brian break down sports rap and get you ready for your week that is and the week that was. Stick with us. Be right back after this last break. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you, got, you guys do for us. CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot left, and who the ball. So listen to Professor Yesser yes, and pay attention, boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yes. Dr. Williams inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington. He's out on assignment, but I have the rest of the crew Charles Bishop, BJ Joe. Joshua Sims Sr. and A.B. Drew. Let's get into it. Jackson, Mississippi was the scene of the crime. Mississippi Veterans Memorial Stadium, it was homecoming, and they took it away, and I say they, the Alabama State Hornets. Uh, they improved 3-3, three and 2-2 three, two and two in the season, as the many people kind of uh, put them under the dirt for dead. They said not so fast in terms of Coach Eddie Robinson. Uh, defeated the number three. Jackson State Tigers, four and three, two and two. That were actually playing really well. 24 to 19, and had to hold on the Hornets did in terms of a last second uh incomplete pass that was in the end zone, not to be for the Jackson State Tigers. Charles, what were your thoughts in terms of this matchup between the two big 
boys of the major division, Alabama State Hornets and Jackson State Titans? Well, I think the Achilles heel of Jackson State all season has been special teams, and uh, it came back to bite them here. I mean, and, and Coach Taylor, he talked about it in the post-game press conference. Basically, Matt Noel gave you everything he had, but uh, punting, uh, it came back to sting them there in the second half. Uh, set up Alabama State with short fields, and they were able to cash in on those short fields. But when you take a look at this game, totality of it, uh, Jackson State is going to rule the fact that they had these three fumbles, lost three fumbles, and the 10 penalties. Uh, I think that was a huge uh, other thing that I took a look at from with regards to this game. But, you know, statistically, it's, it's an anomaly. They beat Alabama State on everywhere except for where it really matters, scoreboard. And, you know, uh, you can't argue scoreboard. Uh, it was a great win for Alabama State to come into Jackson on their homecoming. And, you know, to the victory, go to spoils. They get an opportunity to, you know, to run the Hula Swag moniker to death if they want to. But uh, you, you take your head off Andy Robson, had his team up. They they hit him in the mouth early oh. and were able to hold on for the victory. Good stuff. I'm going to go to you, B.J. Jones, in regards to this. Matchup, any final mm-hmm. thoughts that you had on it? What oh, caught my eye in a lot of ways is Eddie Drew said, Keep mm-hmm. your eyes on this matchup. If it falls right, it really puts FAMU in a really good position. Oh, right. uh, essentially, oh, in terms yeah. of Alabama State and Jackson State, they're actually oh, three games up because yeah. they hold the head to head top. They're two games up of Alabama AM. Mm-hmm. AM still plays FAMU, mm-hmm. so they have a stretch. Mm-hmm. You start to get into that wow. countdown window, obviously, in a lot of ways, the Rattlers don't want to hear oh, about that. They want to do it right But going to you, Drew, I'm mean, going to jump, uh, BJ. What were your thoughts in terms of this? I said a couple of weeks that I felt like Alabama State could give Jackson State problems just because of style of play. Style, styles make fights. Um, Alabama State does a great job of making tackles right either where the catch is made. They don't give up a lot of yak. Um, and, and that was something that Jackson State had been thriving um, on. Uh, Jackson State hadn't put, really pushed the ball down the field. Uh, their receivers have made some outstanding plays. And then Irv Mulligan, to me, man, him leaving that ball game. That was, that was a turning point. Jack, yeah. Now, Jackson State got two other ones back there that can run it. Uh, 21 and Miller, I like I like both of them. But then this is the thing about it. Watching that ball game in the first quarter when, Jeff, when Alabama State jumped up 10 nothing and they had an opportunity to go up 17 and they didn't score, I said, I think Alabama State may have thrown their opportunity. But they 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 hung around in that ball game. They hung around. They hung around, and they when they went up twenty four to thirteen, and you saw Jackson State make that push, and look like we might have a, a Jackson State pull out one. But shout out to Alabama State. Uh, my dad went down to the game yesterday. Uh, a few Hornets made that trip, uh, and and it's interesting to see. I didn't realize this until he brought it up on yesterday. Alabama State seven and three over Jackson State in the last ten ball games um, against the Tigers. Did, did oh, not know crazy. that. I, I, I thought it was more like a five and five thing, but seven and three over the last 10. Wow, it's a big, good catch. The thing that's interesting about Alabama State, uh, they will be a factor in terms of the Western Division. Obviously, in two weeks, they have the big one, Magic City Classic. Shout out to the lab listener out there that talked about that uh, it is on its way, but they play Grambling and they play Prairie View. So those are going to be really tough matchups. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens there. With that being said, let's go to this Nashville, Tennessee, homecoming Nissan Stadium, uh, where Tennessee State got it done against Norfolk State, 4-2. and two. Uh, The Tennessee State Tigers improved to as the Spartans fall to 2-4. 24-17, they jump out on 
The Spartans, Spartans do what they kind of do. They find a way to fight back oftentimes. They tie it up uh, and even get a chance in terms of drive, maybe to take the lead. Didn't have anything there. Tennessee Titan, I mean, the Tennessee State Tigers in the Titan Stadium for Nissan Stadium. Had a great drive that put them ahead, and they go ahead and win it 24-17. Josh, what were your thoughts in terms of this matchup here? Yeah, the difference here in this situation, man, is the stability and the comfort in the quarterback room, man. Um, I, I often do this, as you guys know, here on, on Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, specifically on Sundays. Uh, I often do this. I go to the matchup, the head-to-head matchup between the quarterback and quarterback. And in this situation, it was two quarterbacks against one, and both quarterbacks for Tennessee State combined together outdoor Otto Coons yesterday. Otto Coons made some some ridiculous mistakes yesterday down in stretches and drives that made absolutely no sense, man. Interception happens early in the game. Uh, the defense, Norfolk State's defense gets an interception, put them in plus territory. He comes back the very first play on the comeback route, throws an interception, gives the ball right back to Tennessee State. It's those type of situations that will continue to be the Achilles heel for this Norfolk State team as we get ready to go into conference play in the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. But in particular, Draylon Ellis, Davion Bryant, hats off to you, gentlemen. Together, not individually, both of y'all together. I don't know if Tennessee State has found something with both Draylon Edwards and Davion Bryant playing together, but individually, both of, both of them are middle of the road, middle of the pedestrian at best. But when they are playing together and they match them up and they switch out possessions with these guys and they switch out drives with these guys, Tennessee State is a it can keep you on your toes and put you in a situation where you are unbalanced. And I saw that yesterday, that Norfolk State defense not knowing who was going to come out for the next drive, it threw them off a little bit. Draylon Ellis brings something different to the table than Davion Bryant does it, and vice versa. It was a great combination and a way to be able to win that game. But I have to go to the fact that Otto Coons down the stretch and in moments where you had an opportunity to make plays, to put your team ahead, to put your team in a positive situation, you got a couple drives that started in positive territory yesterday. Just wet the bed a little bit, man. And I'm always going to go to this quarterback matchup because wins and losses are a quarterback stat, just like pitches and pitches in baseball. And yesterday, Otto Coons absolutely had opportunities to win them this the game yesterday, and absolutely fell short when those times and those moments came up. Good stuff, Charles. Yeah, I, I think when you take a look at it, and 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 this is something that jumped out for me uh, the rest of the way looking here at Tennessee State. Uh, they only have one team left on their schedule that's above five hundred. Uh, you get Lincoln, you get Lincoln of California next week. Put the W down for that. Uh, you got Lindenwood at home. They're below five hundred. They're two and four. Charles go to Charleston Southern. Uh, they're below five hundred. Uh, two and four thus far. Uh, Eastern Illinois. They go to Eastern Illinois. That's the only team left on their schedule that's above five hundred right now. They're four and three, and then they finish things up with Tennessee Tech at home. Tennessee State has opportunity to run the rest of the schedule uh, and 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 get a, a decent uh, playoff uh, look. See in terms of a bid. Good stuff. Good points. And can they pull it out in terms of OVC? Might be tough to do that, but certainly should be in the mix for um, a at-large bid to the mm-hmm. playoffs if they can't win the new form BCS OVC OVC uh, conference matchup. Speaking of Tennessee Tech, we're going to go back to you, Joshua. Stick with you, Joshua. You played uh, in terms of North Carolina Central end of the season with Tennessee Tech last year. A thrilling game, so you've seen them probably a little more than most of us have in a lot of ways. And this game was at home for South Carolina State. This is a South Carolina State Bulldogs 
that had just won their last two. Yes, one of them was against inferior competition, but they got it done. They were feeling a little better about themselves. Got the first score of the game, and then uh, the Golden Eagles rolled off 28 unanswered points to win 28-7. to What were your thoughts as the Bulldogs fall to 2-4 and four overall in the Tennessee State Golden Eagles improved to 2-4 and four, uh, on the season? Still 0-1 in the uh, UCS OVC race. What are your thoughts on this matchup? You, you talk about you talk about mistakes costing you a game, and, and this is going to be the game you will turn on when we talk about mistakes. We all talk about it on every single show. BJ talks about it on ABC Weekly. I talk about it on nightly. We talk about it here on Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. I'm sure Drew talks about it on the BCSN Wrap Up. Every all of us talk about mistakes and how the margin of error on Saturday football for you to make mistakes is this big. You can't make mistakes on Saturday football. And then when you know that you're making mistakes and you don't do what's needed to correct those mistakes on Saturday football, Thursday, Friday, Saturday football, but in particular Saturday football, I'm talking college football. South Carolina State made a handful of mistakes yesterday and all of them came back to bite them. Every single mistake they made yesterday came back to bite them. This, honestly, because this was a home game for South Carolina State, I felt embarrassed for South Carolina State. Mm. I felt embarrassed for South Carolina State. Offensively, you had Corey Fields actually playing pretty darn good and had been playing pretty darn good the subsequent previous weeks prior to that. But then you make mistakes. You throw interception in plus territory. Your defense finds a way to wet the bed. You're making mistakes. You're getting penalties called in situations where you ain't even got no reason to be. Oh, I'm talking about a holding call on the third and short that you ain't even have no reason to touch the guy. I'm looking at those mistakes and how they not only exasperate what the result is going to be, but they end up setting a precedent for your team. South Carolina State made mistakes yesterday that good teams just don't make. Mm. Just mm-hmm. don't make and if they can clean those mistakes up, I don't know. I, we don't know. We're now getting ready to get into the toughest part of the schedule, and that's conference play, where every single week is a playoff game. And I saw those mistakes they made against Tennessee Tech yesterday, and I got to give hats off to them. Yesterday, Tennessee Tech ran the ball and plus sign passed the ball and flat out dominated in the trenches yesterday, which is not something I'm used to. None of us are used to hearing as it pertains to South Carolina State. Now, give it Jablonski Green out yesterday. Jablonski Green was out yesterday. Another one of their key defenders was out yesterday. So I can utilize that as a reason, but we know that South Carolina State, we know that South Carolina State normally keeps some depth in some positions where guys can be able to step in and make plays, and it just didn't happen yesterday. 28-7 was a rough, it was rough watching that game, man. Because it was 14 to 7 for the majority of that situation. And I thought South Carolina State had a few opportunities to be able to come back. But God be more love me, South Carolina State. Very similar to what my daughter is doing right now. It was a lot of teeter totter on that defense yesterday. Very similar to how she's bopping her head in and out right now. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Let's go to you, Andy Drew. Uh, as again, I told you we love the kids. We had the kids segment. As we start to close things up, A.D. Drew, what were your thoughts in terms of this last matchup we're going to discuss? Uh, in the SWAC, it was another homecoming. This one, a scene of the kind, was in Grambling, Louisiana, Eddie G. Robinson Memorial Stadium. 
as the Alabama Bulldogs uh, had their way with the Grambling State Tigers. Alabama A&M was 10th in terms of my overall ranking. They were taking on the number six Grambling State Tigers. Alabama A&M Bulldogs improved to four and three, two and a two, as we just thought it was time to put them to rest. Grambling State, and it was time to crown Grambling State Tigers. They let you down three or four, two and two. The final score was 45 to 24. And to Charles's overall point, over the last couple of years, the East over the West has just been ridiculous in terms of those head-to-head matchups. We didn't even sneak this in and shout out the Mississippi Valley State to get in their first win of the season. It was a homecoming yeah. matchup. But guess what? It was over a West opponent, Arkansas Pine Bluff, uh, in regards to many people thought Pine Bluff could go in there and get this game in terms of how they had played Miles and and those kind of teams and just some of the other ones as well. Valley said, no, we're part of the East as well. Not so fast. With that being said, let's stick to this matchup. Alabama A&M and Grambler, what were your thoughts that took place here in Grambler, Louisiana, Drew? Let's let's put this into perspective. Xavier Langford, 193 yards on the ground. This is your your quarterback. Yeah. Who rushed for 193 yards yards mm. because he rushed for 193 yards he only had to pass for 127 now his passing numbers weren't that great 9 of 22 9 of 22 don't buy you anything at the quarterback position but when you combine for not even three, at the dollar store not even <laughs> at CBS <laughs> <laughs> but but when you get 325 from the quarterback position you don't care how you get it. 325 is 325 worth of production. Look, we all knew Grambling's uh, defense was a little suspect, and they proved that yesterday that as far as stopping the running game, they can't stop running water, even, even when turning the faucet off, because they could not turn the faucet off on yesterday. But let's put this Alabama a and victory into some, uh, to some perspective. Grambling owns the series 21 to 8. This is the Alabama AM's first victory against Grambling since 2011. And this was the first homecoming loss for the G Men since 2006. Shout out to Connell Maynard for going in there and barking louder. Then the Tigers could roar. Good stuff. Well said. Well said. Charles, did you want any of this Alabama AM Grambling discussion? Well, I mean, I, I think AD touched on everything. I mean, I think that was the thing that you take uh, you took a look at, and he touched on it uh, with Xavier Langford and his ability from the quarterback position. Uh, uh, almost 100 yards from your quarterback running. I, I don't, and and I don't know now what I'm looking at with Graham. This is, you know, that's this is a very puzzling loss because if there was any, you know, team that I thought, you know, is going to kind of flatline going down the rest of the stretch, except for the Magic City Classic, I thought it might be Alabama A&M. But that's an impressive win to go down to X Day too on their homecoming and, and get the dub. Wow, I didn't see. It. We'll go to you, Joshua. Final thoughts on that. With that being said, uh, Aiden Drew, shout out. When you talk about Lankford, he got a helmet sticker in terms of ESPN's game yesterday. And in the morning, 
Josh will talk about Tennessee State and you did too, A.V. Drew, in terms of the black uniforms while Coach Eddie George has some concerns about the fan support. Uh, they got a shout-out for their uniform, the black trim, black helmets. Uh, they did have the tint of their traditional blue with the red stripes on it. A1, A-plus in terms of the uniforms yesterday along with the victory. What were your final thoughts on this Grambling Alabama game, Joshua Senior? Questions we've asked here on this show week in and week out is about, and this is this is a theoretical ledge, ladies and gentlemen. This is not, it's a hypothetical ledge. It's not real. But how close is Hugh Jackson to the ledge right now? Good question. With given the AD Drew just laid out to me, you lose. You were in the the controlling position of the Swag West two weeks ago. Mm. You. All corn on the rope, you lose homecoming. You still have to play Southern in the Bayou Classic. If you find a way and you lose that Southern game, that Bayou Classic, how close is Hugh Jackson really to the ledge? I ain't trying to put none of the Grambling fan, the Grand fam, in no position or no situation. I'm not trying to put Coach Jackson in no situation, but I got to ask the tough questions. How close? Let's, Grand- call Kim- Let's call Kim Rashad to get an opinion on that. He certainly will get it. He certainly will get it. The other thing you have to think about this, they still got Alabama State, and they got to go to Montgomery. Lord have mercy. I'll be more love. We know anything about Alabama State is defensively, they can give it to you, and they can keep their team in a game. And if yeah, they can make enough, just enough plays on a defense uh, that is concerning, that to me is a very tough matchup as well. So, yeah, you can go to where you were riding high, uh, in terms of starting things, and then it really starts to crumbling down out of the way, which it seems to be going. So can Hugh Jackson find a way to right the ship? It'll be fascinating to kind of keep our eyes on this. We're going to do our traditional uh, out exit, but before we do our course selection dismiss, we're going to play a video uh, from the Tuskegee game. Can we do that, A.D. Drew, as we get out of here? I- I'm doing this under the protest. I want y'all to know this. Under protest. So if I walk away from the screen, y'all, don't don't get mad. You know exactly what it is. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll put it to you as you before you do that. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Yadakadil, the dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the college of HBC Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. With the two members of the X's and O's, two out of the three, as B.J. Jones, curator of HBCU Weekly, as it will start coming back. He's taking a couple of weeks off with a lot of things going on there. But make sure you keep your eyes on that. Generally, on Tuesday, Joshua Sims, senior curator of HBCU Nightly on Wednesday. Check that out as well. Again, uh, make sure you check out uh, Brian and A.D. of Sports Wrap this evening, as they will get you ready in terms of your week and let you know what took place this past weekend, what you saw, and what you can expect for the week to come up. Again, we want to thank you for listening for Dr. Mills Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watch, Charles Bishop, as we will be back on Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time, and then our wrap-up on Sunday at 9. Uh, we look forward uh, to next week as we discuss the latest in the news. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta-Cavill, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Inside the HBC Sports Lab, one on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. 
is inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. Go ahead, Drew. Here's the ball game here. Takes the snap. Russell back to pass. Russell looking. Russell's going to throw near side. This one is going to be tipped. It is. Did he make the catch? Caught! Touchdown, Illinois! Touchdown, Tigers! Touchdown, Tigers! Touchdown, Tigers! Isaiah McCorker! Are you kidding me? The Hail Mary is answered! Isaiah McCorker! Touchdown, Edward Waters! Oh my goodness! Touch! Edward Waters, SID, and obviously, as you see, he's the play by play. Did justice that and credit to AD Drew because I know he was doing it under protest. With that being said, <laughs> Drew, big, continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. <laughs> Joshua? Legs. DJ Jones? Dismiss. Thank you, hey, Drew. Yeah, I had that stuff today. <laughs> <laughs> we love the kids. 